spiritual beings, both good and evil, are present and active in our world. To borrow a movie title, are there really angels and demons? The Holy Spirit? The devil? A modernist answer would be, well, only if I can see, touch, taste, feel, or scientifically prove they exist. Otherwise, this supernatural stuff from the Bible is all primitive superstition. A postmodernist would say, well, if they're real for you, then they're real for you. But if I don't think there exist no demons for me, that's really no help at all. In today's video clip, two different stories from Luke's gospel where Jesus drives out demon-possessed, or drives demons out, are combined into one. In the first, Jesus is teaching in a synagogue. You know, Jesus liked to gather with people around God's word. He did it whenever he could. We're told that that was his custom or his habit. It sounds like a good one. Even today, Jesus promises that whenever two or three gather together in his name, he is present here among us. In this synagogue, Jesus says, God is coming to you, to all of you. That includes Mary and Joseph, his disciples, Peter, James, and John, to the Pharisees. It included everyone in the synagogue that day. It includes everyone in chapel Today, God is coming to you. And Jesus' plea on the last line is don't shut the door in his face. Jesus adds that God is coming even to the most wretched. Last week, Vicar Reese told us that included a scumbag tax collector named Matthew. It included a man whom Jesus then healed. He had been paralyzed for 20 years. And he said it was because of some sin he or his parents had done. Jesus said God doesn't work that way. To be sure, all suffering and tragedy in our world are a result of sin and a fallen creation. But it's not always correct to directly connect suffering with sin. Think about Job. The Pharisees, though, said that is how things work. So to be demon-possessed, wow, you must really have been the most wretched. And in the video, a father comes up, thinking perhaps he did something which caused his son to get possessed by a demon. He comes to Jesus and pleads for help. Together, the two stories go like this. The commandments God gave to Moses so long ago must not remain dead stone for the reverence of unthinking minds. Dead stone? The tablets of the law? Dead stone? What do you mean, Rabbi? Stone is what the law is written on. For the law itself is alive. And living things are constantly changing. But our law is eternal. You cannot change the law of Moses. No. That's right, the law is here. A man is made of flesh and blood, and he changes. Doesn't he remain the same man? God wants to write the law on your hearts. Rabbi, you said you have come here to give us the good news. Is this it, the good news? That the law is living like a man? 
The good news I bring you is this. Your captivity is over. What does that mean, our captivity is over? What captivity? Captivity in sin. God fulfills the promise he made to our people Israel and reconciles himself to man. God is coming to you. To all of you. Even the most wretched. Do not shut the door in his face. The demon has always tried to throw him into fire and into water to destroy him. If you could do anything, have mercy. Help my poor thing. Satan! Leave him. Praise be the Lord. What if that happened in chapel one day? What do you think? Modern explanations tend to explain away demonic behavior like that as epilepsy or schizophrenia or some other natural cause, but according to the scriptures, demons are real.
they often show up in the ministry of Jesus. Why is that? Well, God sent his son in the world to fight for us and for our salvation. This is the big battle, Jesus' life, ministry, death, and resurrection. So what Satan do but throw all his troops into battle as well? So Jesus runs into demons often. Otherwise, though, in the Bible, they're fairly rare. They're sporadic in the rest of Scripture. But they're still out there today. How else do you explain evils like Adolf Hitler or 9-11 or the stuff ISIS does? That has to be demonic. So obviously, don't mess with them. I've had conversations with a number of students over the years who have been exposed and dealt with demonic behavior. I had a friend who was a missionary in Guatemala and New Mexico. There a bunch of animistic and voodoo-like practices are common, and he said he regularly dealt with demons and drove them out of people. Yikes. Well, whatever your experience with demons might be, and I hope it's very limited, Jesus comes and says, your captivity is over. Captivity in sin. Because Jesus says everyone who sins is a slave to sin, and the wages of sin is death. All of us were captives to darkness and evil. But we sang... Into the darkness you shine. Jesus comes and says, your captivity is over. Captivity in sin, captivity in death, even as the boy experienced captivity to Satan ends. So the first song, if God is on our side, who can be against us? Well, it might appear like all sorts of things are against us. But the gospel is nothing and no one that ultimately matters. The second song, our God is greater, our God stronger, our God healer, even from demons, our God is awesome in power. That's our God. So how do you respond? Shut the door in his face? Reject the message? Refuse the relationship? Fail to give thanks in worship? Think this just no big deal? Well, demonic activity says, you know what? This is a big deal. In conclusion, though, don't be afraid. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. St. Paul says that all of you who were baptized into the Spirit were given the Spirit to drink. Jesus says that his words are spirit and our life. Be filled with the Spirit. Rely on God's promises his powers to defend you. If our God is for us, we sang. St. Paul says in Romans 8, we know God is for us because he did not spare his own son, but graciously gave him up for us all. Our God is for us. And Jesus says, no one can snatch you out of my hand. Death, sin, demons, darkness, evil. So first John has these great words of assurance. You are from God and have overcome them. For the spirit of God who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Let's pray. God the Father, thank you for being for us, for sending your son to us all. 
Thank you, Jesus, for rescuing us from captivity to sin, to death, to the demonic powers of the devil. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for dwelling within us who believe, for empowering us to resist the devil and all his works and all his ways. So as we pray so often in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil, the evil one himself and from all other evils of body and soul. In the name of Jesus, amen.